Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. We had Mary Magdalene and, and Mary the mother of Jesus and some others, and they were there at the cross in the final moments when the other disciples had scattered. Now, this morning, all I'm going to talk to you about is the simple facts of what Jesus did and why I believe he did it according to Scripture, based upon history, based upon what we see now. So let's get into John chapter 4, verse 1. This is a long chapter. I'm not going to read through all of it, but I want to read through some of this and give you a background of how Jesus treated women. Now, verse 1. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than who? Than John, John the Baptist, right? I mean, John, he and his disciples baptized so many that they called him John the Baptizer, John the Baptist, not because he was part of the denomination, okay? Baptists get their name from this, those who baptize, all right? Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. Somebody say his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. Verse 4, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Now, Samaria was interesting. There was bad blood between pure, or I should say, pure-blooded Jews, because many of them were not just pure-blooded. How many of you know most people are just not pure-blooded anything? You can see the whitest white guy, and he goes, we got North African heritage. You can see the darkest-skinned person, and they go, man, my great-aunt or my great-grandma was Irish or Cherokee. I mean, we're just all mixed, all right? But the Jews had beef with those that were from Samaria. They were mixed heritage Jews. And they also had some doctrinal differences. Okay? <laughs> the Jews were notorious at this time. The Jews, especially Orthodox Jewry, those who were hardcore, Old Testament, not because the Old Testament taught this in the Torah, the books of law, but it is something they had done, and they had added to God's words. And here's something the Jews did. They were very hard on the Samaritans. They were hard on foreigners, and they were hard on women. And Scripture says in the Old Testament, God was specific about including women, treating them right, but also including foreigners. He told the Israelis, hey, be good to the foreigners in your midst because you are foreigners in a strange land. Be good to them. All right? So this is an interesting story because this is not only a woman that Jesus confronts, for lack of a better term, or sits with, but she's also a disputed and controversial foreigner. So Jesus is dropping barriers here. He's kicking down walls. We're going to see what he does. So verse 5, eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there, right? Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the lineage of the Jews' origins? And Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about what time? Noontime. Anybody ever been to Israel? It's, the weather's very similar to right here. There's a lot of dryness and wind and heat and that sun at noon. Even in the winter, it can get, you're like, man, it's only 65 degrees and you feel like you need to peel your shirt off. It's hot outside. He was weary. So soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, this is interesting, number one, those who were rabbis, those who were hardcore into the law, Old Testament law, and Jesus was a teacher. 
He understood the law. He knew the law. He said, I came to fulfill the law, not do away with it. These folks, number one, did not talk to women in public. If she wasn't related to you, that's something they added to God's word. That was never there. That was totally just a man-made rule. And number two, they didn't mess with the Samaritans. So it's like, what is Jesus doing here? There's so much to this story. We're not going to get into all of it. I have some points. I'm going to read through part of this story, but check this out. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, this is very controversial, y'all. Please give me a drink. Not supposed to be talking to women in public, according to their rules, not God's. And they don't have much to do with Samaritans. They, the Jews thought they were better than the Samaritans. So he was alone at the time. So see, that's even more controversial. He was alone at the time, frowned upon even, because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, she, you know what I love about this lady? She points out the facts real quick, and she's honest. Some of you can relate. She just, she points out the facts, goes, she cuts right to the chase. He says, please give me a drink. She says, you are a Jew, stating the obvious. She can tell by his beard, his look. And I am a Samaritan what? I'm not only a Samaritan, I am a Samaritan woman. So she just now called out the elephant in the room. The elephant at the well. I don't know how you'd say that. She says, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Why are you asking me? Jesus replied, oh, I love, and I love Jesus. See, he's dealing with someone who tells the truth, but Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he answers right off. I love it how Jesus just, he went there just like that. He said, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Can you imagine hanging out with a dude, God in the flesh, that everything is a lesson? That would freak me out, man. In a good way. I mean, you don't need, it's like you couldn't even ask Jesus the time because he's like, you know what time it is. I mean, he'd go into something. He had a, he had a, a shadow and shade of meaning for everything. He had an answer for everything. He was well-timed with the Pharisees. And you see how, he, how he's dealing with a foreigner who was a woman, a foreigner who was looked down upon and despised and spit upon by the Jews. He said, only if you knew, only if you knew. And then she goes, but sir, you don't have a rope. Wait, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where we, did we skip? Did we happen to skip a verse or we did not? No, he said living water and we get into that. You don't have a rope or a bucket and this well is very deep. Where on earth would you get this living water? You can't just get down in there. I mean, what do you? And besides... She's a truth teller. Ladies, y'all still in the house? Men, God gave us women to tell us the truth. Baby, that don't look right. You know how many times on Sunday morning I try to walk out the house and I try to sneak by, I love you, baby, let me give you a kiss. And she's like, you know, hold on, baby, hold on. Get in the light. That seems kind of. This woman is a truth teller. She says, you don't have a. I mean, you don't have a rope, you don't have a bucket, you're just offering me living water. And besides, do you think you're greater than our, all of a sudden, she says, this man is still talking to me and respecting me. Now, all of a sudden, I want to be part of his group. I'm going to tell him about our ancestor, Jacob. All of a sudden, she's finding common ground with him because he's walking in love with her. Do you see this? 
This is very special. She says, do you think you're greater than our ancestor, Jacob, yours and mine? See, because they're descended of the Jews. They're Jewish blood. Who gave us this well? How can you, what, offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? He's one of the patriarchs, the God of Abraham. Can you imagine every time God was spoken, they used your name? Can you imagine the God of, man, I serve the God of Ray, Dwayne, and Joanne. I would, I'm going to just say my pride and my flesh would love that for all, all of history. I serve the God of, of Fabian or Fabriciano, Fabian and Matthew. I serve the God of Jonathan and Jen and Elaine. Wow. This is the guy they used as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all the time. So she says, you got better water than him, our patriarch? Look at the next verse. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks the water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh what? Bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Hmm. Let's keep going. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. <laughs> and then Jesus starts messing with her now. You know, Jesus had a way, God had a way in Scripture of asking people questions he already knows the answer to, right? Like in the Garden of Eden, where are you? You think he didn't know where they were? They hid from God? No, he's asking a question to see what you'll say. He's asking a question to drop your defenses, get you disarmed. So he starts with this, go and get your husband. What? What does she say? Um, I don't have a husband. She's so honest. Sir, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband, and what? For you have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. See, the Pharisees would have said, you shouldn't even be talking to her. She's trash. But Jesus skipped right over that. He said, you certainly spoke the truth. He likes her already. Sir, the woman said, this is deep now. You must be a prophet. You knew my stuff. You must be a prophet. So tell me. Now she goes spiritual. She says, you're a prophet, so let me ask you a spiritual question. Why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship? See, this was one of the points of disagreement between Jews and Samaritans. While we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshipped. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you what? Worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem or in Hobbes or in Lovington or Eunice or Abilene, wherever you came from, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, he said, while we Jews know all about him. Let's keep going there, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. All of a sudden, this is very unique and unusual. All of a sudden, Jesus drops one of the greatest, most unique revelations of Scripture on a foreign woman he shouldn't even be talking to according to society he's about to drop one of the profound there's many profound truths but this is arguably one of the great truths of scripture first time revealed he says time is coming indeed it's here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth he just predicted all of history see now we don't have to be in jerusalem to work god to worship god and he told this first it was first discussed with a strange foreigner woman the father is looking for those who will worship him that way what in spirit and in truth somebody say in spirit, in spirit. and in truth wow let's keep going for god is spirit so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth 
The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. First time in Scripture, guess what? First time in Scripture. This is a weighty moment. Hold on to this. Men are important. Boys and girls are important. But ladies, this morning, I want to I tell you your importance because some of you have been abused, and you may have been abused by men. Some of you have been abused and, and left out to dry and left hanging out to dry and hurt and wounded and left in despair. This is a message for us men as well. We men as well. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is powerful, this moment. Hold on to this moment. Never forget it because Jesus, first time in Scripture that we know of, he proclaims his true identity to someone, and it's to a woman and a foreigner. I am the Messiah. One translation says, <laughs> wow, this blows me away every time. You can look down in the, in the Greek and stuff. One translation says the I am is here. All of a sudden, I live here, and I walk among you, and I need some water, but let me give you a lesson on water, and I know all about your life, but I love you. And she's going, you, you're talking to me? I am the Messiah. And look at this next verse. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. Look, it was faux pas. It was frowned upon. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? See, it, it troubled them. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Wow. She's arguably the first preacher of the good news of Jesus Christ. Scripture says in Joel chapter 2, Acts 2, 17, And in those days, or in the last days, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters, that's male and female, will prophesy. You know what prophesy means? It means speak a divinely inspired word. Was that divinely inspired for her and go, to go and tell everybody, this, this guy, this is the son of God. Could, is this the one? Yeah, that was divinely inspired. Ladies and gentlemen, this morning, every time you go, man, Jesus loves you. Every time you go, man, just come to church with me. That is a divine, divinely inspired word. It's that simple. Let's just make it simple. So can men and women proclaim the truth of God's word? Yes. Yes, it's that simple. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? I'm not going to read the rest of the chapter. The whole village came and gathered because of this woman preacher. I, she obviously had a reputation, right? Everybody knew her. And she says, hey, this, this guy just came. Is he the Messiah? He just came and told me everything I ever did. Is he, is he the one? So they showed up. Scripture says that they said, you know what? Now we really believe they showed up because of her word and her, her proclaiming, her proclamation. But they said, now we believe. I love this. Let me, let, let's, let's go ahead and go to that verse. Verse 42. The whole folks in the town. 42, the same chapter. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. God used this unnamed woman to bring revival to an entire village who knows who knows who knows what happened and what went on with that spiritually the legacy there so my question today is why why did he spend so much time ministering to women well number one today look at this i want you to get this satan has always hated women some great theologians have even argued that satan hates women way more than he hates men 
You ever heard the saying, the proof is in the pudding? I don't know where that, that originated, but you can basically find proof in what's going on in the world today. Right now, sex trafficking is a problem worldwide. Those being trafficked, 99% of them are women and girls. Tell me Satan does not hate women. He's always hated them. I'd go out and say, he was threatened. I feel like he was threatened by Eve's beauty in the garden. This is my speculation. But I'm interested as to why the serpent being possessed by Satan or the Satan in the form of a serpent, whatever that situation was, why did he address the woman first? I believe he was threatened by her beauty because Satan was the most, as Lucifer in heaven, he was the most beautiful thing history had ever seen. I feel he was threatened by her beauty. He was jealous of her. He hated both of them, but he targeted her right away. And then after that whole mess happens, God prophesies immediately. Said, you're going to bruise the heel of mankind, but her offspring is going to bruise your head. And all of a sudden, Satan has a vendetta against woman. Says, I got I to do something. I got to do something. And Satan is, ladies, Satan has hated y'all ever since. Not for you to be scared. It's just the facts. You already knew it. You already knew the devil hated it. He hates me as a man. But he does not want the truth spoken about women in churches to love and honor them and let them proclaim and be vessels of God just like men. Satan has always hated women. Always. And he's given y'all problems ever since. Hmm. Let's go to point two today. I believe another reason why Jesus was so concerned about ministering to women, women were treated as property. Judaism, okay, not Old Testament law, but Judaism, the human form of God's giving of the Old Testament law. Judaism at that time treated women as property. It got to a point where women couldn't leave the house without a male relative with her. Would that disturb y'all, ladies? You can't leave the house unless you're... Huh. Treated as property. Husbands could beat their wives. Man, there's religions now. Did you know, did you know in Islam? You say, that's not American Islam. No, in its purest form in the Middle East... Dad is, say, say a daughter disagrees with marrying the assigned guy, dad can go out and drown his daughter or kill her. Tell me Satan doesn't hate women. You say, well, no. Well, there's these other religions, and they got, men got a bunch of wives. That, that's Satan's hatred of women. Can you imagine having to share your husband with a bunch of other women, ladies? God permitted it for some reason. I don't have a theological reason as to why. They say, oh, there was less men than women back then. We don't know that. Men were all killed in battle, so one man had to have seven wives. Man, one is enough, bless the name of the Lord. I love my wife. We get along. It's good. But I, she challenges me. I will never completely conquer her. I'm conquering her heart every day. One woman is enough. Somebody say amen. Can you imagine the problems? Me, three, No. Oh, no, they love women. That's why they got many of them. No, no, don't give me that junk. That's treating women like property. You get into, you get into real Orthodox Jewry, Orthodox Judaism, even now in the United States, there's a huge and high incidence and volume of domestic violence. 
Satan has given them a hatred of their wives and women. They treat them like property. Oh, they're just for having kids. They're just for this and that. No. You know what, ladies? I'll be honest with you. This morning, I know there's not a woman in here that can do more push-ups than me. I'm confident. I can knock out about 60 push-ups. I know you probably can't. But we are equals in so many other ways. Scripture says the woman is the weaker vessel. Well, I can bench press more. And right now, Barry, don't tell anybody. My bench is probably really weak right now. On the bench, maybe some of you ladies could just rep some out more than me. I can do push-ups because I can carry my weight, but what difference does that make? Women do stuff that men cannot do. Men do stuff that women cannot do. I will never be able to have a baby. They're all sciences working on that. They better stop, weirdos. Weirdos. Stay out of God's stuff. What was that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger and he was pregnant? If I ever meet him, I'm going to go, man, you did some cool roles, but why did you do that? That's dumb. There's some differences with men and women. Yes, there's gender differences even physically. That's just how it is. Now they want to mess that up. People don't realize it, but that's an attack on women too. It's an attack on men, but that's an attack on women. All of a sudden, oh, no, men can, men can be a woman now. What? That's a sacred role they have as women. This is a sacred role I have as a man. Huh, women treat it as property, and they still, they still do it in some places. That's another reason why Jesus was ministering to women so much. Number three, Jesus knew women would have a struggle in society for years to come. And I go back to this. He wanted to set a good example, although people didn't follow it. There were, there were men that were church men. I don't want to say that they were saved because I don't know. But even historically, in the 1600s, my wife and I were reading a book about, was it Queen Elizabeth? Queen Elizabeth as CEO, as leader. She was a great leader of England. During that time, there was a guy that said, man, if, they, if things start going the way they keep going, man, we're not going to even be able to beat our wives. <laughs> man, society keeps declining. We won't, we'll, we'll lose control. We won't even be able to beat our women. Can you imagine? Dude, I will shoot you, man, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Don't take that out of context, those listening to the podcast. Jesus knew women would have a struggle in society for years. Oh, no, women, had, they didn't. Man, they had to fight. They had to fight to be able to work. And then even in America, it, bringing women out of the household to work, those that wanted to work, if those women say, man, I want to be at home. I, I'm more domestic. That's great. That's an amazing and stellar role. But you had women who wanted to work. And then finally, World War II we said, man, we need all hands on deck. So women had to leave the house and go work. And it turned the tide of the war for us when we had men and women working in the war effort, World War II. No one had ever seen, ever, an industrialized machine like the United States of America because it was men and women. We need each other, guys. Say, no, men are better. No, women are better. Women, woman power. Hear me roar. Well, growl. We need each other. Scripture says, and the two shall become one. God's always about uniting, causing us to work together. Women had to, what year did women get the vote? I should have researched this. The 20s? 1918? Ha! 1918, just 100 years ago. Wow. 
hey, you're a woman, you can't vote. That doesn't make sense to a lot of you women. You're going, what? I'll go vote if I want to. And if I don't want to, I won't go, but I have the right to go. Huh. Can't vote. That's strange. They say, well, yeah, they can vote now, but they can't do this, they can't do that. Look, I'm all about God speaking the truth of his word through us, men and women. That's it. That's what prophesying is. The truth of his word. I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters, male and female, will proclaim the divine word, the divinely inspired word. Jesus knew, man, it was going to be a struggle for women in the years to come, so he spent time with women. Isn't it crazy? At that season and that time in history, Jesus had two friends that he would go hang out with, Mary and Martha. Isn't that odd? Jesus had homegirls. Y'all know, y'all, some of y'all didn't know I had hood in me. I do. It's a little bit. Jesus had homegirls. What? He'd go hang out with them and teach them. Scripture says they would sit at his feet. Martha was getting her work on, and she came in there and goes, Jesus, tell her to help me. And Jesus said, you're missing it. Look, she, she knows what's going on here. Mary here is sitting at my feet learning. He was teaching a woman. That culture, they didn't even want to teach women how to read. I don't know why. He said, oh, don't teach them how to read because they, they'll, they'll be passing notes in class. I, why? Don't, what? Society's better when everybody's educated. That doesn't make any sense. So Jesus, he spent time with women as a teacher and friend. Some of Jesus' followers were disciples. You heard me talk about that, right? Then he had women. There was a list of women who financially supported his ministry. Isn't that crazy? This was not on the list, Liz, but would you go to Acts 2.17? Let's see what that says in the New Living Translation. Take your time. That was not on the list that I gave you all for the screens. Acts 2.17. I just want you to see this so you know I'm not making this up. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all. What does all mean? Everybody. All people. Those that want it, they will receive the spirit of God. Your sons and your daughters will what? Will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So let's go back to that. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Wow. Jesus cared about everybody. Yeah, he said, man, but Jesus, he healed men. He sure did. The unclean. He touched the untouchable. He healed women. The unclean. He touched the untouchable. He talked to somebody he shouldn't have been talking to. One time he disturbed a funeral to talk to a woman in public, once again, breaking the rule. Was it the, the funeral at Nain, N-A-I-N? And he walks up on a lady, and only Jesus knew this, I guess, because he's walking up on him. And the woman was a widow, and her only son had died. And what did Jesus say to her? Don't cry. And he raised that boy from the dead. Something special going on here. Something special going on here. My point about the real Jesus is the real Jesus is for everybody. Jesus is for everybody. And I will say this, man, there have been throughout history men of God that we can't compare to anybody. There's been men of God that, wow, amazing. But there's also been women of God that we can't compare to anybody either. And, and 
God wants to flow through both. We can't just say, more than 50% of the church is women in most places, just like here. Man, we need y'all, and y'all need us. We need each other. Men and women of God, like my mom said, and I say this in her honor today, rise up. Rise up. It's time to be who God called you to be. No more excuses. And ladies, guess what? You are in the United States of America now. Wow. This is a great place to be, a great time to be here. And God has something special and wonderful for you. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Praise God. Let's pray today. Would you go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes? What's going to happen is this. I'm going to pray for salvation this morning. And then I'm going to hand the mic off to my wife. And she's going she's gonna to do our special altar call, okay? If there is anybody in this house at the sound of my voice who says, Pastor Matt, man, you preached, you taught, I just, I don't, if I died today, you're talking about Jesus and a relationship with him and the real Jesus. I want to know the real Jesus. And you say, you know what? I really need to know him today. If you have never accepted Jesus and made him the Lord and Savior of your life, would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. And we will pray as a family. As a family. All right, let's all pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, I need you, Lord. I can't live without you. I need you in my life. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. Save me. I believe that Jesus died and rose again from the grave. By faith, I give you permission to come live within me by your Holy Spirit. Now I forgive myself, and I forgive everybody who's hurt me, and I choose to never blame God again. In Jesus' name, amen.